Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 70 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Ruth chapter 4 today, and our focus is on Ruth herself, a most unlikely Moabite Bible hero. So I want to welcome aboard new listeners in Lagos, Nigeria, Sindh, Pakistan, parts unknown France, Assam, India, West New York, New Jersey, and Cleveland, Ohio. Thank you all for listening. Please do check out our webpage at Bible2021.com, share the show with friends and on social media, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you think about it. Now, the book of Ruth is a very tragic story with a hopeful ending. It's important because Ruth, a woman from Moab, a country not at all of Israel, the enemies of Israel, is in the genealogy directly of both Jesus and King David. Ruth and Boaz who becomes Ruth's husband, are great-grandparents of King David. Now, to understand the book of Ruth, you need to understand that it is set during a time of famine and trouble in Israel. So a man named Elimelech and his wife Naomi apparently flee Israel to go live in Moab, an enemy country of the Israelites. Maybe they think they can get more food there or something like that. We don't know much about what happened to them there, but almost all of it is tragic. Elimelech and Naomi have two sons who both marry Moabite women, Ruth being one of those women. Tragically, Elimelech and both his sons, Malon and Chilion, all three of them die, leaving Naomi and Ruth and Orpah, who's Chilion's wife, alone. Interestingly, the names Malon and Chilion, the sons of Naomi and Elimelech, are Canaanite names which possibly could mean that Elimelech was leading his family just to turn away from God altogether. We don't know. With these deaths, though, Naomi is left destitute. A woman at that time can't find a job or work the land or whatever, and that's one of the reasons why it's so difficult to be a widow in the first century, of course, today as well. So Naomi must return to Israel, where she still has a little bit of family land left. Now, Naomi implores both of her daughters-in-law, who each seem to love her very much, to stay in Moab, where they can start over in life. But Ruth refuses, choosing to cast her lot with Naomi and go to Israel. They don't have hardly any money, though, and Ruth is forced to do labor for food that is only slightly above begging. A man named Boaz, though, sees her doing this, working the edges of his field, and he gives her extra food to take care of her, which causes Naomi, upon seeing all of that extra food and finding out that it's from Boaz, to tell Ruth the news that Boaz is their kinsman redeemer. What is a kinsman redeemer, I hear you asking? Well, as our friends at gotquestions.org say, the kinsman redeemer is a male relative who, according to the various laws of the Old Testament, had the privilege or responsibility to act on behalf of a relative who was in trouble, danger, or need. The Hebrew term for kinsman redeemer designates one who delivers or rescues or redeems property or person. The kinsman who redeems or vindicates a relative is illustrated most clearly in the book of Ruth, where the kinsman redeemer is Boaz. So this Boaz, a Jewish man, shows great kindness to both Naomi and Ruth and marries Ruth and they begin a family. Well, let's read the summation of Ruth's story in Ruth chapter 4, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. 
Boaz went to the gate of the town and sat down there. Soon the family redeemer Boaz had spoken about came by, and Boaz said, Come over here and sit down. So he went over and sat down. Then Boaz took ten men of the town's elders and said, Sit here, and they sat down. He said to the redeemer, Naomi, who has returned from the territory of Moab, is selling the portion of the field that belonged to our brother Elimelech. I thought I should inform you. Buy it back in the presence of those seated here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you want to redeem it, do it. But if you do not want to redeem it, tell me so that I will know, because there isn't anyone other than you to redeem it, and I am next after you. I want to redeem it, he answered. Then Boaz said, On the day you buy the field from Naomi, you will acquire Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the deceased man, to perpetuate the man's name on his property. The Redeemer replied, I can't redeem it myself, or I will ruin my own inheritance. Take my right of redemption, because I can't redeem it. At an earlier period in Israel, a man removing his sandal removed his sandal and gave it to the other party in order to make any matter legally binding concerning the right of redemption or the exchange of property. This was the method of legally binding a transaction in Israel. So the redeemer removed his sandal and said to Boaz, Buy back the property yourself. Boaz said to the elders and all the people, You are witnesses today that I am buying from Naomi everything that belonged to Elimelech, Chilion, and Malon. I have also acquired Ruth the Moabitess, Malon's widow, as my wife, to perpetuate the deceased man's name on his property so that his name will not disappear among his relatives or from the great gate of his hometown. You are witnesses today. All the people who were at the city gate, including the elders, said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is entering your house like Rachel and Leah, who together built the house of Israel. May you be powerful in Ephrathah and your name well known in Bethlehem. May your house become like the house of Perez, the son of Tamar, bore to Judah because of the offspring the Lord will give you by this young woman. Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. He slept with her and the Lord granted conception to her and she gave birth to a son. The women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you without a family redeemer today. May his name become well known in Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. Indeed, your daughter-in-law who loves you and is better to you than seven sons has given birth to him. Naomi took the child, placed him on her lap, and became a mother to him. The neighbor women said, A son has been born to Naomi, and they named him Obed. He was father of Jesse, the father of David. Now these are the family records of Perez. Perez fathered Hezron, Hezron fathered Ram, Ram fathered Aminadab, Aminadab fathered Nashon, Nashon fathered Salmon, Salmon fathered Boaz, Boaz fathered Obed, Obed fathered Jesse, and Jesse fathered David. So what's the message of Ruth for? It's a really good question because this culture is so far away from our experience. We have no knowledge of kinsmen, redeemers, or the relationship between Moab and Israel, or exchanging a sandal to make a deal, or why in the world a Moabite woman would forsake her people to travel with her mother to a place she didn't, or mother-in-law, to a place she did not know about. That book is a mystery to us in a lot of ways, but there's a very deep and rich and important meaning several of them in Ruth. Pastor John Piper will help us see it. Look at the last verse of Ruth, Ruth 4.22. The child born to Ruth and Boaz during the period of the judges is Obed. Obed becomes the father of Jesse. Jesse becomes the father of David, who led Israel to her greatest heights of glory. One of the main messages of this little book is that God is at work in the worst of times 
We can relate to that, right? Even though the sins, through the sins of his people, he can and he does plot for their glory. It was true at the national level, and we see that it is true at the personal family level too. God is at work in the worst of times. When you think he is farthest from you or has even turned against you, the truth is he is laying foundation stones of greater happiness in your life. Three lessons from Ruth. Number one, God the Almighty reigns in all of the affairs of men. He rules the nation, says Daniel 2.21, and he rules families. His providence extends from the Congress to your kitchen. Let's then be like the women of faith in the Old Testament. Whatever else they doubted, they never doubted that God was involved in every part of their lives and that none could stay his hand. He gives rain and he takes rain. He gives life and he takes life. In him we live and move and have our being. Nothing from a toothpick to the Taj Mahal is rightly understood except in relation to God. He is the all-encompassing, all-pervading reality. Naomi was right and we should join her in this conviction. God the Almighty reigns in the affairs of men. That leads us to our second lesson. Not only does God reign in all the affairs of men, and not only is his providence sometimes hard, but in all his works, his purposes are for the good and happiness of his people. Who would have imagined that in the worst of all these times, this period of the judges, God was quietly moving in the tragedies of a single family to prepare the way for the greatest king of Israel? But not only that, he was working to fill Naomi and Ruth and Boaz and their friends with great joy. If anything this season has fallen in on you to make your future look hopeless, learn from Ruth that God is right now at work for you to give you a future and a hope. Trust in him. Wait patiently. The ominous clouds are big with mercy and will break with blessing on your head. Finally, number three, we learn that if you trust the sovereign goodness and mercy of God to pursue you all the days of your life, then you are free like Ruth. If God calls, you can leave family, you can leave job, you can leave your state, and you can make radical commitments and undertake new ventures. Or you can find the freedom and courage and strength to keep a commitment you already made. When you believe in the sovereignty of God and that he loves to work mightily for those who trust him, it gives a freedom and joy that can't be shaken by hard times. The book of Ruth gives us a glimpse into the hidden work of God during the worst of times. And like all the other scriptures, as Paul says, Ruth was written that we might abound in hope. Amen. And friends, I hope that that message fills you with hope. Let's close with our Bible memory verse for March. Hebrews 7.25, Therefore Jesus is able to save completely those who come to God through him, since he always lives to intercede for them. Thank you, Lord, for that wonderful truth. Good day, friends, and Godspeed.